0: Hi, this is Christopher Daniel Barnes, and I was the voice of Spider-Man on Spider-Man the Animated Series, and you're listening to the Amazing Spider-Talk.
1: Too many who know the angles, uncover and untangle, all the questions and the webs left out to tangle. Be in 1962, last Wednesday's afternoon, they'll bend your ears with reckless self-abandon. The amazing spider. The amazing spider. Hello and welcome to The Amazing Spider Talk. My name is Dan Gavaston, and and I'm the founder and editor of SuperiorSpiderTalk.com.
0: And I'm Mark Acchio, founder of the Chasing Amazing blog and an editor at SuperiorSpiderTalk.com.
1: Thanks, everybody, for joining us for a very special edition of our show. And I don't mean special in the manner of the Essentials episodes, which have become less special with the more frequently (laughs) we do them. But this one's actually pretty special. So uh, we hope you guys enjoy this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors as we hope to look at the Spider-Man universe, not just the comic universe this time, in a bit of a bigger picture.
0: Yeah, and it's a pretty big picture here because for this episode we will be discussing Captain America Civil War, which is directed by the Russo brothers and features the debut of the Marvel Cinematic Universe's version of Spider-Man, which is played by Tom Holland.
1: Yeah, Mark. Uh, Captain America: Civil War. It's been out for a couple of weeks now, so you know I think we're safe to dive into a spoiler-filled review of the film. So heads up, everybody: there will be spoilers following this little ditty that we're about to hear. Hey,
0: Take a bite mini lean-y, money-mo, and flower. You're the chosen one. Well, your left is free And your right's in grip With another left what is right and self Swords is gone Oh, oh, All right, Dan. So, uh... For those of you for those people out there who have not been reading your Facebook feed, um, we can find your thoughts on this. Um for me, coming into this movie, I, I I think expectations were high. Uh Winter Soldier, which is you know, by the same directors, was so critically acclaimed. It's probably my favorite of the Marvel movies. Uh this we were gonna have this bigger cast, we we're gonna have Spider-Man. Um, you know expectations high for me this mostly delivered although i do find it to be inherently flawed um but i like but i kind of like it warts and all um what's your general vibe on this
1: yeah mark i was really excited to talk to you about this because i posted a like an okay and somewhat negative impression of the film on my facebook wall and then you sent me a message that was just like hey, I'm really glad we don't have a, uh, a movie review show together because we would just fight all the time. <laughs> and you hadn't even seen the movie yet. You were just so sure that I was wrong about my, my feelings on this. And so, yeah, um, I I think actually we're probably closer than, um, than you might realize about our feelings about this. I think the film is fine. Like, it's okay. Um, I think it's better in its individual element than as – a, a movie as a whole, and and we'll talk about oh, what that means in a minute. But um, yeah, I mean, like I'll tell straight away. I'll tell you, I thought Spider Man was phenomenal in this movie, and yet at the same time, I kind of wish he wasn't in this movie. And that's kind of my feeling about the movie as a whole. There's a lot of things that I love in it. I just kind of feel like the movie is overstuffed and um, doesn't really know what it's trying to say or do in its narrative
0: yeah i mean i i I get what you're saying and and you know just to kind of put this out there i mean i think most of the marvel movies suffer from the flaws i'm about to put out there some more than others um so let's just you know put this out there for civil war um what, what was problematic about it? Well, you know, we got yet another, like, uninspired, non-threatening villain with Baron Zemo here, who, you know, was well-performed, but, you know, I didn't get the sense that he really had the the, the way he was characterized, the stuff to take down, successfully take down the Avengers and Captain America. Um, and then, yeah, the narrative itself is flimsy. I mean, you know, we, 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 you know, we're, we're not dealing with the superhuman registration act, but rather the, the Sokovia accords about the government controlling, uh, the superhero population. So, I mean, there's, there's some similarities to it, but then there are other kind of plot twists introduced through very contrived circumstances that drive the narrative. Um, so that's obviously problematic, but, um, you know, to me, what makes Civil War kind of a, a good entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, and probably among my favorites of of the of the MCU thus far, is that it just nails these characters, and you know, all across the board, and even with these contrivances. Um, I still kind of get what I'm supposed to get out of this movie, which is empathizing with both sides to a degree. You know, I, I, I always felt like when I read this story in the comic and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, that um, Captain America is clearly set up to be right in the comics. Yeah. Even, even you know, whereas here, I, I, I did feel that there were some – both were out of bounds in, in this And then, of course, you have to, you know, beyond empathizing with both sides, I mean, you know, we talked about getting the characters right. And this movie had so many characters. There was such a margin of error for this thing to go off the rails. And even if we could question, was the Spider-Man stuff necessary to the film? No. Was some of the Black Panther stuff necessary to the film? Probably not. Did we need to see Ant-Man as Giant-Man? No. But... Those moments were so good and brought me so much joy and like just felt like the comics on the big screen that I loved it and that's that's what it boils down to for me,
1: yeah, and I had fun with them too, um, although I think you know may, maybe it's just um i'm so used to the superhero movies now and 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 I think back to like Ant man with that really forced falcon appearance i just i'm beginning to see through this like formula and And I feel like these – this movie especially, it seems so effortless to me. Like Marvel knows how to make these movies now. Like – and they're such a big force in the world and they don't need to advertise their movies. Like Ant-Man was a blockbuster movie. Guardians of the Galaxy was like the highest grossing movie of that year. I like – I feel, at a certain point, I feel advertised to in a way that I feel like the amount of time and investment that I put into these movies should allow me to not feel that way. Like, I feel like Marvel has earned our trust, and I want them to do something with that. Like, I want if that means, like, being more artful in the picture, like, I mean, I, I think at least visually this film looks like a, like it was made on a factory assembly line. There's no... Like, I hate to... Oh, here I am, and I hate to do this. I'm going to bring Batman vs. Superman into this. Like, I, and they are very similar movies. Um, but I feel like Batman vs. Superman looks like... As much as I don't like that movie, it looks like an a work of art. Whereas this movie feels it just like... I think they've gotten comfortable, like, uh, uh, doing what they do. And, and, I, and it, it, I think, to me at least it bored me a little bit as an audience, like especially the first hour of this movie where it's all set up, I was like, all right, you've earned it. Like do something with it, Uh, with, with my trust. Uh, I I don't know. Is that crazy? I don't know if it's
0: crazy, but like, I mean, I, I think this is just what these movies are going to be at this point. And, and in terms of being artful or not, it's, it's like, I don't know, like in, in, we we get into this debate, Dan. I think a lot when we talk about the comics. I mean, it's to me, it's more important for me to feel emotionally connected to the people I'm watching on the screen rather than the eye candy of the production itself.
1: Yeah, like I I, it, ag- I agree and, with I, you on
0: that too. And and, and 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 as someone who has not seen Batman vs Superman, but has had enough of it spoiled for me. You know, from people who both liked it and not, you know, and as someone who also saw Man of Steel, uh, and I'm under the impression that they're similar. I mean, like, it just seems like I don't care about those characters. I don't like those characters. Those are not the characters that I read about, that I had, ident- that I, that made me love this medium. So that this, those those movies just don't interest to me. It don't interest me, no matter how good they might look yeah. and how, how, you know. Aspect, how much of a spectacle they might be, um, whereas, yeah, I mean, like we got so much shaky, uh, so much shaky cam in Civil War. I know you hate the shaky cam. I hate
1: the shaky cam, especially after Winter Soldier, where they really kept that to a minimum. And some of those like fights, especially on the boat at the beginning of the movie, where Captain America feels and and, and Black Widow feels so precise in their movements, it was really disconcerting to me here to see this. What would was an amazingly laid out fight in that stairwell between cap and, and winter soldier and those, uh, and the like soldiers that are coming in. I couldn't tell what was happening despite knowing that it was beautifully choreographed.
0: Right. Right. But, you know, like I said, for me, it, it, it comes down to like that scene at the airport, which is just like, like, that scene alone elevates this movie for me. And I know like, okay, it's 20 minutes out of a two hour and 30 minute picture. How can, you know, what about the rest of it? But like, like to me, when, when this, this little experiment known as comic books as movies and the Marvel cinematic universe was first floated, you know, 10 years ago, I mean, to me like a kind of like that was the pinnacle of what this was supposed to be you know for me like like just watching all that unfold and watching all of these characters get these just incredible moments to shine while still just like kind of ruthlessly kicking the crap out of each other um you know it it just like that to me is 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 like fandom personified for me. Like I, I love these characters and I got to see them do just amazing things on, you know, in live action. It was, it was seeing comic book action come to life. And, and, and that's what I want in these movies.
1: Yeah. And I, I I couldn't really tell you why that scene just didn't work for me at all. Uh, the, the, the tarmac scene, I think it has somewhat to do. I feel like the final scene in this movie where Tony and, and iron and, and Steve fight has the amount of sadness in it that would come from these heroes fighting each other. And I wish that that sadness pervaded the film in other places. I felt like the Tarmac battle was played it so safe, enough that the characters even admit to not really wanting to hit each other. And I wanted there to be some stakes. I mean, even when War Machine gets shot, he doesn't die. He just gets paralyzed, you know, and and – I'm not asking for War Machine to die, but I think it would have given this story an added level of sadness. Like, all these heroes fighting should be sad. And I feel like putting it at a a random airport, it's not – to me at least, it wasn't operatic enough for what this spectacle demanded. Like, throw this fight in an opera house and, man, like, it would be be something completely different. But I felt – it just felt like such a hands-off thing. It felt like something demanded by production. It was like, "Where can we get a big open space to do this?" "Oh, let's do it at the airport." I I just feel there's there's just there's just a a level to this that's missing to push it over the top for me. And while I certainly enjoyed the quips and watching the like giant man and his lumbering goofiness, I just felt like, "Oh, the, there's just there's so much more potential here for for something truly great to be happening, and maybe I'm making good the enemy of great, and that's that's my fault. I, I don't know.
0: No, I mean these are these are good points. I, I I mean it's it's not even that I disagree with them. It's like I said, it, it, it's it's almost like it doesn't matter to me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and I can't, I can't argue with that.
0: It. It's 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 just you know, and and you know. I think what inspired my original text to you before I saw this movie was rewatching The Force Awakens, another movie I know you had some issues with, and and it's the it's it's the same thing there. It's like I recognize the the legitimate concerns some people have with this, but like you know, I want to I want to be able to emotionally connect to whatever you know to the movies I watch, to the shows I watch, to the comics I read, and and this. Civil War did that, so that kind of makes it pass the test for me. Let's talk about Spider-Man, though, because I think you know this is a Spider-Man podcast. Yeah, and,
1: sure.
0: Um, totally superfluous to this movie. Absolutely, It makes right? no
1: sense that he's in this movie. Like Tony is in Germany and decides that he needs help, so I'm going to go back to Queens and get this completely untested kid. And bring right. him to Germany with me. Uh, right. Completely it, bizarre, but nothing is better than Tony going. I have an idea, and the film cutting to the word queens.
0: I was uh, just say. <laughs> I, I I think I literally squealed like a young female in the movie theater when that happened. I, I think like, it's
1: gonna well. happen. <laughs> We're gonna. this is where all objectivity goes out the window and and i I don't i I think maybe deservedly because i thought it was a legitimately great scene that we got
0: yeah i mean you know let me let me just point out that i was in the movie theater with my amazing fantasy 15 t-shirt so uh, (laughs) (laughs) so we knew we knew which side i was on
1: (laughs) i was wearing my uh my uh scarlet spider hoodie
0: there you go so um you know, let's let's be proud. Um two
1: thirty yeah. something's in their pajamas.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um but this 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 was I, I felt like I mean I was a little nervous 'cause like I was hearing positive things, but it was like, how is this really gonna be? I mean, you know, we saw what, three seconds of Spider Man in the trailer. Um and then kinda they added that little fight sequence at Winter Soldier, so you got a little bit more of them at one point. But um you know, seeing him out of costume and with, with Aunt Aunt May. Whew. I shouldn't be having these thoughts about Aunt May, Dan.
1: Well, I can't <laughs> wait to see where that goes because, you know, Robert Downey Jr. and Marissa Tomei dated in real life.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there was definitely some kind of chemistry there, which is just weird. Um, <laughs> but um, I, 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 you know, but I do think it was important. Because I feel like the last two Spider-Mans we had, you know, I, I, I really liked Tobey Maguire as Peter and I liked him a little less as Spider-Man. I felt like he was missing kind of the charm and the humor and, and the youthfulness. And then kind of the flip side of that with Andrew Garfield. I felt like he was too cool as Peter Parker, um, but but was pretty good in costume, I, I, I felt. But, you know. Here I felt Tom Holland was great as Peter, and he was great as spider man like I, I I got it on both ends I think
1: yeah he's a hundred percent a dork, i mean completely and and I buy him as this kind of socially aloof character and i and I love it quite a bit. One of the things before we even get into their performances though, like one of the things I really liked is that they're not in like a, a house in Forest Hills; they seem to be in an apartment, and there's no like life on the walls of that apartment like it's very bare and and you get the sense that you know they maybe just moved out of a house and haven't unpacked yet and that they're on you know they're a little bit financially strapped so there's are two people living in a small apartment um, with not much decorations and I, and and just from that statement alone i think it kind of says everything and you get this moment where peter asks if he'll be paid to go and, and help Tony. And, uh, and it tells you everything you need to know about like where these two people find themselves, um, I guess in the world and at this point in their lives.
0: Yeah. I mean, we 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 definitely get like the working class struggle of, of these characters. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I it's, you know, not to kind of obsess on this, but, like, it, it, it is strange to me, even even as someone who's read all of Ultimate, and I know that May is kind of a little more youthful in Ultimate, but it is kind of odd to me to see an Aunt May that was kind of vibrant. Like, you know, like, she wasn't, like, kind of sitting there, like, mournful or, or sad, you know what I mean? It was kind of like, oh, who's your friend, Peter? You know what I mean? Like, look <laughs> at you! And, and so, and I don't know if, if I need to be convinced more about this casting choice or even maybe this characterization, but it's 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 you know that was the that was kind of the one element of the sequence in Queens that almost made me push back. As much as I love Marisa Tomei, I was like, you know, we kind of joked when she was first rumored to be this part, and you know, all joking aside, it's like, is this you know. Is this really going to work? I don't know. I, I, for, I, I still don't know.
1: <laughs> I like it. I mean, like, we get a youthful Tom Holland, and, like, you know, it makes sense that his aunt would probably be the age of his mother, you know? Like, yeah. someone in, in their, like, mid-40s, you know? It makes, right, it makes right. sense to me, yeah.
0: But she didn't strike me as someone who was recently widowed. I guess that's part of it, too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, you know. It was kind of like, look at my hip, cool aunt. You know, you're 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 too young to be somebody's aunt.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, Tony Stark comes into your your apartment. Uh, you know, uh, how are you going to feel?
0: That's fair. Yeah. That is fair. <laughs> um, but you know, of course, and we've kind of been told fifty different ways. Like this new Spider-Man, we're not getting an Uncle Ben story. But you know, I was curious to see how they're going. They were going to touch upon it. In some fashion i mean you know we're we're clearly in the next black panther movie not going to get a black panther origin per se but we did see the the pivotal moment in his life that made T'Challa become the black panther mm-hmm. so um what did you think about how they kind of addressed uncle ben in in the movie
1: you know I, I i was talking to some people online and they were like yeah didn't you think it was weird uh, how they didn't bring up Uncle Ben, and I said no. I thought that was the best part of it is that he, Tony, flat out asks him why, because we see so, briefly that he has been testing this whole Spider-Man thing out, uh, in, in I guess a, a decent fashion. We see him what we see him like catch a bus and and things yep. like that, um, in this really ramshackle costume which looks a lot like the one that Peter wore. When uh, uh fighting
0: um, Crusher Hogan,
1: Bone Saw.
0: Oh right, right, right. Sorry. <laughs>
1: it's not Crusher. Bone Saw. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in uh in the first Spider Man movie, uh he he kind of says you know he he doesn't flat out tell the whole story of Uncle Ben to Tony Stark. He he kind of you know says you know that. And he doesn't say the power, great power line. He says like helping the little people and when you don't use the powers to help the little people, you know, things can go bad. I'm not sure what the exact phrasing is, but you can see the sadness in there and a, someone who's not really willing to tell a stranger all about his personal story. And and I thought that was so much more realistic and yeah, I don't need to hear it again. And just seeing that was enough for me to go, I get it. Okay, great, let's move on. Although I feel like we're probably gonna see it in homecoming to some extent in flashbacks.
0: Right. Um yeah, it's if 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 this makes sense. There was an inelegance to the explanation that to me made it quite elegant. Like like I felt the nuance of having this clearly socially aloof Shy kid try to explain something that maybe he himself had not fully come to terms with because of his own guilt, so he was clearly like looking for words and it, like 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 really like I mean maybe I'm overreading here, but like just a ton of nuance here I mean, you know what i mean like yeah. it, it, like it felt very real, like you said, very raw um and and like in 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 you know you talk about artistry i mean like 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 to me that was an artful moment like like probably one of the better ones and it didn't even feature people in costumes
1: yeah i agree you know i I thought the performance from from, uh, tom holland was so nuanced and so real like he just felt like a real person i think to the same level that I felt when I first saw Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. Like, it just felt like a, a fully realized character in a way that I feel like some of the other Marvel creations on the big screen haven't quite felt so alive. Um, I think maybe, like, Thor uh, – and maybe that's because Thor is, you know, a god. Um, right. Or, like, someone like Ant-Man, who I think the characterization is a little all over the place – um, but this felt like a really fully formed character to me, um, with a lot more going on than what was written on the page. And, um, I'm really excited about seeing Tom Holland fill out this role and, and a little shocked about how much he fills out that costume. Cause he looks like a little bit of a shrimp and when he puts that suit on, he's like this big hunk of a guy. Uh, <laughs> did you feel that way? Am I, am I, am I looking at this strangely? I don't know. I I don't know if I felt he looked like a big
0: hunk of a guy, but yeah, I mean, he definitely looked bigger. But that's almost—I mean, that that feels true to the comics because I think like if if you know people suspected that Peter had like bulked up, but like he, you know, outside of like the Ditko issues, he very rarely looked shrimpy in costume. You know, like yeah, and he's still like you could tell he's so much smaller than the others outside of Ant Man. (laughs) <laughs> um,
1: Way to go there, Mark.
0: Yes, um, but I, I, I mean, you know, again, going back to the airport scene, you we know, are where we finally got to see Spidey in action in costume. I mean, like, like the fact that, like, we've had five movies of Spider-Man now, and and even even when he's been like a little bit funnier in costume in the Mark Webb movies, like, I never got the like the Spider-Man, the motor mouth while fighting. And I, and I love that. Like that's, you know, like it just like, you know, like to me, that's always been like, what, why, you know, Spider-Man being chatty and jokey and quippy while fighting. It's almost like a, like a defense mechanism or a way to kind of calm and insert, you know, calm himself and assert himself. And I feel like they captured that really well here.
1: Well, I love that Tony almost like immediately regrets bringing him because he's yes. so chatty, and yeah. <laughs> and that to me is a hundred percent how Spider-Man should be portrayed as being on like an Avengers team. It's just everybody just regrets <laughs> that that he's a part of the team right right away. And uh, yeah, what did you think about? I mean, we discussed this a little bit, but like his like inter- how he sits in terms of power, because you know he's not only does he stop the Winter Soldier's arm you know he takes down like a good number of this of the avengers team
0: yeah i mean he's he he's definitely a powerhouse which um uh, on the team which you know keep in mind i mean n- n- most of the characters in this universe are are not uh, you know they're kind of mechanically enhanced not chemically enhanced or radioactively enhanced like he is so it almost makes sense for him to have more natural brute strength than than most of these characters certainly more than like falcon or or even um or widow or hawkeye or you know what i mean like um
1: but he goes toe-to-toe here with steve rogers
0: yeah but i mean rogers is he's enhanced but like he's not in he's never been portrayed as invincible you know what i mean and 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 um so again, got, like I didn't feel that 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 was that far of a stretch, but something um, that I I liked and I I kind of like thought about this after the fact was like, you know, he would exchange fisticuffs with each of these characters, and yeah, like he would cons- he would consistently get the upper hand, but like in true Spider-Man fashion, like something would clumsy would happen, and he would get dragged away, or or like you know he would. You know, fall down or, or or like like something something would happen to kind of like in very subtle fashion show like that Parker look. and that to me again like it gets it like you know you you never you know like I like I I would have to like count again to hear all the times like he would punch punch kick kick thwip thwip whoa and then like <laughs> and then he goes in another direction I mean like that was like like a kind of a, a trademark there and I and I loved it.
1: Uh, what did you think of? Let's talk about the individual elements of like the character. Like we have new webbing that actually looks like webs and not like a sh- like a string. Like right. Uh, I love the beat in the room where Tony's like, "Well, I'm gonna tell your aunt then," and he like webs the door shut. It was surprising to me, and the webs looked great. I mean, like gross and 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 everything. Like it's what I imagined spider-man's webbing to look like
0: yeah i mean you know the only the only thing that was missing from it was me i was waiting for him to make the joke about you know it'll dissolve in an hour or something yeah, like that right, you right. know They're
1: stuck in that room for an hour <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> um no i mean the webbing looked great um I know you're not you're not wild about the costume, right?
1: Yeah, I mean like I really loved the look of the costume in, in the brief images that we got, but the more time that went on and it was especially in the final shot of him with his mask half pulled up, it really felt like a CGI uh creation in that moment, and maybe it wasn't, but it it like I've never been a fan of the raised webbing on the previous costumes, but here I understood why they felt the need to do that because I really felt like this costume is lacking some kind of tactile texture on it that like helps render it in 3d space. And I think would help make it not look like a flat CGI creation. And I don't dislike the costume. I think the design is great. I just like, I, I wonder like that final shot looks so fake to me. Like, uh, I kind of like made me it made me pine for the days of raised webbing, which I can't believe I'm actually saying.
0: All right. Interesting. I mean, I I, I, again, I didn't feel like an emotional attachment one way or another about it. But um, I felt he looked good CGI wise as he was kind of swinging around. Yeah. Like it looks very natural. That scene where he's, you know, where he kind of first. Goes after the Winter Soldier and he's kind of doing the, the Spider Man crawl on top of the, um, the bridge. Yeah. I guess you'd call it. Like that looked very creepy and disc- like Spider Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's-
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I loved all that stuff. And, uh, you know, he, he takes down the giant man, I guess we can say. Yes, uh, well
0: it is giant man. Yes, or yeah. Goliath, I guess you could say too.
1: Yeah. Uh by, you know, e- Empire Strikes backing him. Uh that line Which is a joke
0: you didn't seem to appreciate.
1: You know, to me that joke is like borders on like look how clever we are kind of thing. Like I just for a nerd kid in his teens, like I would maybe this is just me being like a Star Wars elitist, but I feel like a nerd kid in his teens would know what an AT-AT or an AT-AT is and and wouldn't necessarily say, oh, you know that old movie Star Wars? I, it, it just seemed like a little bit on the nose from the writing team, like, oh, he's a young kid, remember? But perhaps I'm wrong. Perhaps young people not of our generation talk that way. I'm
0: going to say, I mean, how many 16-year-olds have – well, I know you – actually work with like younger actors and stuff like that. But and
1: I taught high school for five years.
0: Yeah, I, I get it. I, I I guess I shouldn't even finish that sentence, but I mean that, that, that didn't feel too out of line for me. I mean, like
1: it, it's not a real problem that I have with the movie. It just kind of stuck out to me. Like if that appeared in a comic, I think you and I would be like, uh oh, that line. Uh,
0: right. Fair enough. It, it would Fair be, enough.
1: it would be a Dan Slottism. Like okay. we would criticize. I think. Well, well, Mark, would you say, like, in terms of uh, Spider-Man's appearance in this film, is he, like, is this is this your dream version of Spider-Man come to reality? Like, with this, is this your favorite cinematic version of the character? Because I've heard people say that.
0: I mean, I think it's too early to to make that conclusion. I mean, you know, let's see them do this over a full two-hour movie.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but I, I'm very optimistic about what's to come how about that
1: i this movie made me more excited for spider-man homecoming uh than ever but like it's completely different directors on that movie so you know who knows uh but uh i can't wait for 2017 bring it
0: on definitely um so kind of back to the, the movie as a whole um you know we we you kind of talked about the stakes of the movie earlier, kind of lacking it. Um, but then they kind of go really to make a very hard right in that regard in how it ends with this, like reveal that, um, the winter soldier while he was brainwashed was, um, responsible for the death of, of Tony's parents yet, yet more superheroes fighting over dead parents. <laughs> uh, Never
1: heard that before.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I was couldn't Martha, believe how gruesome Stark?
1: this was.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it, I mean it's a very chilling scene. Um, you know, both the death of of um Howard Stark slash John Slattery slash I'm trying to think uh Roger Sterling from Mad Men. Uh <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and then Tony's mom. And um, you know, this is kind of like you know, as if roadie being paralyzed and you know all of the the bombs and guns going off at the airport weren't enough i mean this is clearly the moment that sells the split and and you know again it kind of speaks to the portrayal and characterization of of captain America and iron man but you know i mean very contrived circumstances kind of brought them to this point i mean like you know baron zemo Lured them there only to show them a video. I mean, that's very weak. I will admit, um, but I did I mean, like
1: that it didn't go down the route of big bad boss with those like six other soldiers. Like, right? It was chilling to just see them all murdered and go. We're not going this route. Like, we're going to do something yeah. different.
0: It was. It was. A, it was a slick twist, um, but regardless i mean like the betrayal was so palatable and 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 to me that's where i felt very sad watching this movie yeah. because like i i like like regardless of kind of the contrived way we got to that point once we were there i felt what i think i was supposed to be feeling or at least what marvel certainly wanted me to feel which was kind of this profound sadness of Uh, you know, the disintegration of these characters and their relationships to each other.
1: Uh, It made me wish that the civil war wasn't in this movie because like, Mm -hmm. I feel like the civil war is really interesting and and similar to Batman vs Superman. I feel like both movies bring up this idea of, you know, registration and how do we police our heroes and things like that. And both of them don't really know an answer to that question. They just kind of shrug their shoulders and move on to something else. And in this case, it's kind of framing Bucky for this thing. And, and, I, and I, I, I really wanted to see that movie where they fought over, like, philosophical differences. It's kind of like they injected this Civil War into this Captain America movie. And this is the brilliant ending to that Captain America movie that the Civil War kind of found its way into. And so I, lo- mm. I loved this scene. Although there is one thing that kind of stuck out to me as, like, an odd note. Like, Tony says, like, how long have you known steve and he's like i've known and i was like wait when did he find find this out it seems like a very big character moment that we missed or was deleted from the movie it's
0: no it's apparently i i i read i i heard that complaint too and then i read somewhere that and, and now that i think back i remember it in the um the 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 what do you call it the the the, the scene in uh winter soldier with the um the computer uh, the Zoloff, the Zol, uh, the, the 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 Zola, Ar- the Armin Zola scene. Yeah, I'm saying that totally wrong, but you know what I'm talking about. But
1: like, if if it, if it was, it,
0: it, it, it was it implied that the the Hydra was responsible for the death of the Starks.
1: Yes, but and, like, and... wouldn't you have liked to see like a scene where Captain America like made up his mind about how he felt about that? Like, that seems like a really big. Thing to miss out on, like, because this movie is Captain America's movie, like, and and if he's gonna have character growth, like, I want to see how he came to this realization, and uh, not even realization, but like how he came to his emotions like feelings about his friend being this person, and how he told himself he was okay with that. I I don't know. It just it just seemed like a weird thing to be missing.
0: Yeah. Although he did say he didn't know it was Bucky, he just knew that Hydra was responsible. Oh, he does so, say
1: that in the movie.
0: Yeah, he's like, I knew. He's like, I knew how they died. I didn't
1: know it was Bucky. Oh, okay. So maybe I missed that then.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was kind of like he knew that there was something shady. It wasn't just a car wreck. Yeah. But but I'm gonna have um, to see it
1: again, Mark. I'm just gonna. You're have to gonna have to see
0: it again. Um, but no, it it it, it felt sad. Um, just just like on one more random side note, um, I I really appreciated um, T'Challa's arc in this movie in that in that end scene with Zemo. Mm-hmm. You know how he kind of like had the opportunity to kill the person responsible for his father's death, and then doesn't let him kill himself. Yeah. Um, you know, just I, felt like that was I don't know that felt noble. I like that. And and the Black Panther is such a noble character that I'm glad they went there with that.
1: I just feel like Black Panther and Spider Man, like they could have been removed from this movie, but they ended up stealing this movie. Like yeah. they're the they're the best things in this, I think.
0: They're the best things in this. I, I would also say Giant Man was pretty awesome from a from a surprise and visual standpoint. And and then just as a last note, uh sweater wearing Chet Baker paprikash cooking vision let's let's get a cooking show on Netflix with that character
1: <laughs> i'll take it even if it just just so that we get more information about vision because I feel like we still don't really know who this character is or how he works in in the cinematic universe. Am I alone I, in that it
0: it, it, it does rely he, the movies do rely a lot on you already knowing about the character, which I think is unfair because it's not like vision prior to age of ultron was a currently popular character i mean you know i think people reading avengers in the late 60s and 70s and early 80s i mean i think vision's awesome but i've read a lot of those stories where he was awesome whereas he's you know these days is kind of less integral
1: and we're definitely headed towards a, uh, uh, a Scarlet Witch Vision romance, I think, as implied yes. by this movie. Yes. Uh, does that mean we're going to get House of M when Fox loses the rights to X Men and right? And we uh, can do uh, that you know, story.
0: As long as, as long as um, you know, we don't have um, Scarlet Witch's children delivered by talking cows. She's. <laughs> Just... What happens? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just thinking about the robot from uh, Return or Revenge of the Sith, the, the like, the the pregnancy robot. Do you, do you know right, what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, All this right. has been fun. Uh, you know, I, I was looking forward to this conversation, and it definitely delivered on what I wanted. So I do hope that's give it true gr- for listeners as well.
0: Do you want to give grades, or or is this a grade-free uh, podcast?
1: Uh, I won't uh, put
0: you on the spot. I won't put you on the spot.
1: Okay, I'll give it like a B minus or something.
0: Okay, because I, I was gonna say B plus for me.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think the movie's bad. I just, I think you, you, he, the people that say this is something movie, more. Th- th- yeah, I wanted I wanted to see more, and uh, I think the people that are saying this is the best Marvel movie ever. I'm like, have you seen their other movies? Uh, they're pretty good.
0: <laughs> I mean, I would definitely rank this below Winter Soldier and. Um, guardians of the galaxy but i mean i would put to me i would put this on par with the first avengers and even like the first iron man which i think were movies that were elevated by the fact that they were kind of the first of their kind but like when you actually go back and rewatch them there are some very serious flaws in them that kind of makes them irritating but still enjoyable if yeah. that makes sense
1: as someone who watched all 11 or all 12 marvel movies back when age of ultron came out or Eleven, because Ant Man wasn't out yet. Uh, in a row, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think Iron Man holds up better than, uh, than than you might think. I think it's really got a unique voice. But anyway, yeah, I, I would put this like it's like mid tier Marvel for me. Um, okay, like I said, I would, said, put I would it around I, Age of Ultron.
0: Now I think this was f- this far surpassed Age of Ultron. I think I'd rather have seen this movie as the second Avengers movie than what we got.
1: All right. Well, um, agree to disagree. I mean, agree
0: to disagree. All right. <laughs> well, Dan, take us home.
1: All right. Because I don't want to
0: talk to you anymore.
1: <laughs> all right. That's fine. That's fine. Of course, uh, everybody who's listening in, you can find all of our new Amazing Spider Talk and old Superior Spider Talk podcast at SuperiorspiderTalk.com. And you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, the brand new Google Play, by searching for Amazing Spider Talk. And if you do, please leave us a review. We love getting your reviews because we 'll read them on the show and stuff like that, and it 's all fancy and the like.
0: Yes, and the like. Also be sure to check out Facebook and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Ultimate Spin, and most of all, leave us voicemails at nine Red goblin
1: yeah, and uh, you know, be sure to join our friendly neighborhood Spider Talk members Club. Mark and I do biweekly members only episodes. And uh, on this week's – or I guess this biweekly week's (laughs) episode, we're going to be discussing the post-credit scenes from Captain America Civil War and uh, I guess our hopes and desires for Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, Next week, Mark, uh, we're going to be doing another Essentials comic, uh, and this time it's your choice. What Essentials comic are we going to be talking about?
0: Yeah, well, you know, kind of giving the the throwback we've been getting to old school Spider-Man and teenage Spider-Man. I thought we'd go all the way back in time to Amazing Spider-Man, volume one, number 17 through 19. It's called the the original end of Spider-Man. This is the first of the Spider-Man quits his job arcs. Um, To me, it's a true classic and we will be talking about it. So read up on those.
1: Awesome. Well, Mark, where can we find you on the Internet this week?
0: Uh, Well, you can find me on SuperiorSpiderTalk.com, and hopefully by the time you're listening to this, there will actually be articles of mine up on that site. (laughs)
1: That would be really nice.
0: Uh, I I know, Dan, I know. Uh, And of course, you can find me on Twitter at ChasingASMBlog. Dan, where can we find you?
1: You can find me on SuperiorSpiderTalk.com as well, and my Twitter at SUP SpiderTalk. Mark, uh, you know, you're kind of new to this whole hero thing. I saw some footage of you on YouTube. You know, saving people around town, stopping runaway buses and stuff like that. You're like the most heroic podcaster of all time. Uh why do you do uh what you do?
0: Oh, um well, you know, uh yeah, I, I guess with how strong I am, I could like play football, but you know, I didn't do that before, so I probably can't really do that now. Um but for me it's 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 really just about Helping all of the um, the little podcasters out there, you know the the, the the people struggling to get their internet connections to work and and to to get online and and, and talk about their favorite comics you know maybe maybe they just want to rage about creators and you know they're they're tired of being blocked on Twitter by those creators so Um, You know, I I just know that if I don't try and lead the way and show them how to podcast responsibly, I mean, bad things will happen. Um, And that kind of reminds me of my hot Aunt May, who told me, with great podcasts, must also come, my biological clock is ticking. And amazing spider talk.